0: Mind. What's on mind? I have found a direct correlation between anger and TMI What is
1: TMI? What have I told you about overshare? It can be several different things actually Well
0: hello it's all my little friends with all their little dreams
1: Too much information I have been seen and I love it Sometimes it can be funny or it can be super embarrassing Ah crap Why did I just say that? TMI TMI, TMI with Teresa. So you and I, we go way back. We have to at least talk about how we both started in radio at the same time in Oklahoma City. And then um, tell me how, I don't even know how you got into working at AMC. Did you literally work at a theater? (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and let me step a little further back. You and I were interns together. Yes. Uh, way back when. So and not we, the
1: good kind to get paid. No, no, no,
0: no, no. We were the, you get all the worst shifts, uh, And I believe you had to do traffic and go up in a plane every day. I did. And you
1: and I were Oklahoma State Fair buddies. We had to do those weird shifts. We had contests with contestants. That's my mom's worst nightmare where she dropped me off at five in the morning. I couldn't get in. And she had to sit there and watch me climb over the fence to get in. And she, as a parent, she didn't want to do that. (laughs) But I was like, I'm fine. Bye. And I think at that point I was high-fiving
0: you because I was the guy climbing back over the fence to leave after that night. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. So we go back. Oh my gosh, yeah. I can't even think. long time. It's 30 years. Well, we're so
1: young, it's weird, but no, it's true, a long right, time. And right. uh, and then after we had already met and worked together, we figure out that uh, my husband went to, who I met like six or seven years after I met yeah. you, went to
0: high school with right, you. Right, He and, was a year behind him. Yes. And Billy and I have known each other, for, gosh, since we were little kids. Long time,
1: like. yeah. yeah. So, and, uh, and he knows your wife and mm-hmm. just so much, so much history. So it's really fun to get to be here today and interview you. Yeah,
0: it's interesting being interviewed after <laughs> knowing each other. For so long. It's a little scary, actually. Oh, but... don't
1: be scared. Um, I, first of all, I want to say we are here at the, now, this is the world headquarters for AMC Theaters, yeah, right? Yeah, we
0: call it the Theater Support Center because, you know, if we're not supporting the theaters, then who is?
1: Well, it's really, I'm going to say it's very fancy. It's very, it's really nice offices. Well, thanks. Yeah. So it must be really nice to work here, but let's go back to the beginning. Okay. So, okay. Okay. Cause, cause you worked with me in radio and then you left and did you go straight to AMC?
0: No. So I ended up, AMC was always meant to be a part-time job. OK. And this is when we found out that we were having our son and I had a car payment and I was working another job doing marketing for a little computer firm and decided, hey, it's probably a good idea to get a second job, pay this car off quicker. So we got a little bit more money coming in. I started off as an usher sweeping up popcorn, which is really funny, being what I called myself the, the world's oldest usher because I was 26 or so. Uh-huh. and My bosses were 16 and would have to come up and go, um, excuse me, sir. <laughs> You're Could doing you it wrong, but we're scared to you. Could you sweep the popcorn over there? Um, and I don't know. It's one of those things where all of a sudden I, I got a little promotion, which was great. And then I got another one and another one. And all of a sudden I'm a manager, a night manager. And the next thing you know, they offered me a full-time position in Dallas and um, found myself absolutely loving my night job and hating my day job. So um, like a buffoon, I go to my wife and go, hey, So I know we have a six month old son, but how would you feel about just dropping everything and leaving everybody we know and moving to Dallas and uh, God bless her. She said, yeah, okay. Sounds good.
1: I feel like she's kind of always been on board with whatever you do.
0: (laughs) She has. She's (laughs) probably the most supportive person. Um, I'm so lucky to have her, but she, the whole time, I mean, we've moved from Dallas to Houston to Los Angeles before moving here to Kansas city. And um, she's always been game. So for us, Growing up in Oklahoma, as you well know, um, any other city is a bigger city with more things to do. You get out of that fishbowl. Yeah. Um, So it was great to see, you know, some some sites and that sort of thing. And then settle down here in Kansas City and be able to raise a family and, you know, have a good job. And lo and behold, I run into you and Rocket. Yep, yep. After everybody's kind of gone their separate ways for a number of years. And next thing you know, we're all... Right back in the same town. It was meant to be. Yeah, exactly.
1: And and I have always been just a gigantic movie uh, fan and my husband is a fan. And so uh, I thought it'd be really fun to um, come and talk about movies and things. You know, I know fall is a big time. Thanksgiving holidays is a big time. But, um, you know, I started walking around here and it's just so interesting. Can you kind of just in a general way explain what exactly is your job?
0: Okay, so (laughs) I take a deep breath because to this day, if you ask my parents what my job is, they still can't tell you. They can't tell you. Um, So long story short, um, on our team, we handle um, specifically the independent films Um, we handle the foreign language films and our AMC artisan films program, as well as alternative content. Whenever you see fathom events and things like that, that goes through us. I but, don't just
1: see them. I pay for them because <laughs> my kids go to all of them. Right.
0: But uh, kind of on a broader sense, our our entire department, we're the programming department. And uh, we're essentially film buyers. And And the job of a film buyer is they have a region. So let's say, you know, somebody's region is, Uh, Kansas City, Wichita, Nebraska, and they're responsible for what movies go into what theaters and how many, what we call prints um, go into these individual theaters. So you can blame somebody here, if there's you know not a film playing or if um, there's too many you know shows of Frozen happening right now. Oh, or, that's not
1: possible. by, <laughs> right? by the way? <laughs> right,
0: but that's what we do, and so we basically look and you know every week we look at what needs to come out of these buildings, what's you know kind of had its life theatrically and is moving on, sunsetting there, and what we should be putting into the theaters, and it's based upon. Um, what comparable films, you know, what are what the films that are very similar did um, the guests go to see in those individual theaters? So we're constantly looking at it on an individual theater by theater basis. So as kind of droll as that sounds, the flip side is we get to say we watch a lot of movies.
1: Well, I feel like with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, so, right? I mean, you have, I mean, you are the say in what... What um, will be in your theater? Like I'm sure, obviously, when Frozen comes out, okay, you're going to show Frozen. Sure. But um, you—it sounds like you're working with—you said more independent and yeah, foreign films. Yeah.
0: So. Um, so
1: if 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 you choose not, I mean, you actually could say no, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's a ton of films that uh, people make that get released that people never even see. I mean, you can see a great example of that whenever you're flipping through your. Um, Hulu stream Mm -hmm. or your Netflix or anything like that, you see a ton of movies that you're like, I didn't even know that existed. There are a lot of movies that never even go into theaters or a lot of movies that they just don't make it there. Um, So it's an interesting world in the fact of there's so much content being created. And you see this by the advent of Disney Plus. Right. You know, Netflix having all of their competitors as well as Apple TV and all that. There's so much content. There's a world of it out there. Some of it's meant to be theatrical. Some of it's not. So it's a really interesting time in our lives because so many people are creating films, but the flip side is there's a ton of movies that never even make it there. So
1: could you theoretically, um, if you, if, if there's a a movie that's shown in an AMC theater, does it have to be with a big company or just a, an official company? Or could you theoretically, if some, Joe walks off the street and has an amazing movie that you honestly think people will love and could be Oscar worthy. Can you buy it?
0: Uh, Yeah. And we actually have a program for that. Okay. If you go online and you look at our website and look for a little link called submit your film. <gasps> this is for those filmmakers that maybe they don't have the budget, maybe they don't have the wherewithal to go out and get somebody on their side to do promotion and publicity and distribution and all these things, but they have a film they really believe in. And, you know, they want to see if they can get, you know, theatrical play on it. They can actually submit their film to us. We take a look and, you know, if everything lines up and it takes a lot, it's not easy. There's sadly to say, there's a lot more no's than there are yeses, but there are some films that come through and they're just gems in these Filmmakers and producers know exactly where they want to play it, know exactly who their audience is. They may not play on a broad base. They may only play, you know, within a couple of cities, but they know exactly how to reach those audiences. There are films that we're willing to take a gamble on and partner up with them and and actually show these films in theaters. Um, a really great example is... Uh, I'll say a silly horror film called the fun house massacre that we took on uh, a handful of years ago. And, um, it was a filmmaker, brand new filmmaker up in Ohio, um, made this film at a haunted house that, you know, they made it in September or so. Wait,
1: is that my nightmare where you go into a haunted house and there's actually a murderer inside?
0: Of course. Okay. Isn't it always?
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, before that movie, wasn't that always your fear? Yes,
0: <laughs> okay. absolutely. There was a movie called The Fun House back when we were children. I feel like in
1: the 80s yeah, or something. Okay, like yeah.
0: 81 or something. I'm a movie nerd too. so <laughs> That's but
1: why I love you.
0: He he made this film and brought it to us, and he knew that he wanted to play it right around that area, and um, we took a chance on it. And the great thing, you know, a, a really great uh, success story for him is after it played with us, he was able to get a deal with Showtime. And it played on Showtime Networks. He was able to get a deal downstream where it's being sold on, you know, all these platforms. So, yeah, there's definitely an opportunity there. It's still a challenge. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of people that have film that are looking to distribute that. But... Some of these just break out.
1: Okay. So we can't get too in depth or I know we're going to be a snooze fest for someone who (laughs) isn't into movies, but, um, my husband is hilarious. Um, he has your, the A list for AMC, Mm -hmm. um, and he loves, um, he's all about Dolby cinema and he has to have the like center aisle and the center seat. And he's very particular about where he is, but, um, he's wondering sometimes when there's a really big movie out and then another movie comes and it bumps it, like, how do you decide What's going to be in Dolby? And I mean, I know IMAX, that's its own Mm -hmm. thing, right? So that's easy. But how do you decide what's in Dolby and which one gets the big theater? And
0: yeah, well, I mean, there's a, that's like the nebulous question okay? because it's different for every single theater, right? You know, we really look at them individually every yeah. single theater we have 634 theaters or something like Hold that Hold
1: on, someone's calling me how rude and i'll bet you it's my husband
0: <laughs> he heard us talking about him
1: <laughs> okay continue yeah so
0: but really i mean it's like what makes the most sense dolby is meant to be like just kind of the the ultimate like like an imax mm-hmm. it's meant to be you know built for films that have fantastic sound a great soundtrack you know really great imagery that sort of thing so a lot of it comes into not only could it be not the most popular film sometimes but it's just what lends itself to that format what's gonna have the what, best sound yeah the, or, okay. the whole name of the game and Billy is a perfect example is does it blow you away right and if it does then it was meant to be there and if it doesn't It may not be meant to be seen on that screen. Okay. One more super nerd question. So
1: then what's the difference in Dolby and prime? Because I used to think that prime was sort of the ultimate Mm -hmm. and it's got the butt kicker seats and the best sound and the best picture. But then I feel like Dolby's sort of top that
0: well, or is it just different? No, it's different. Ultimately, you know, you kind of look at what we call PLFs premium, large format screens. Okay. IMAX is in there as well. And everybody kind of has their own favorite for different reasons. You know, Dolby uses Dolby vision, Dolby Atmos sound. Whereas Mm -hmm. Uh, Prime uses the butt kickers and they have, you know, 7.1 and IMAX's huge screen. So they're all a little bit different and everybody kind of takes their own. Um, you know, I like this one better than this one because there are people that will argue with you. I like IMAX a whole lot better than I like Dolby. Uh-huh. It's a matter of preference.
1: Do you feel like, um, you know, at one point 3D was super popular. Do you feel mm-hmm. like that's kind of going away or is it still a big thing? Yeah, it's
0: definitely waned. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that there's still opportunities for 3D, but... Um, It seems like the studios are being a lot more selective with it and only doing it when they know they have something that can really, you know, pop the eyes.
1: Right. I feel like just a regular picture has become so crisp and so... I mean, you feel like you could reach in and you know, yeah. grab it. You kind of don't need 3D anymore. It's
0: it's the benefit of digital now. I mean, you don't have to worry about somebody scratching a piece of film and yeah. you know, people having to look at that and seeing all the nasty crackles and pops that you could see on screen back in those days. Although that now, was it's
1: kind of fun when you could see it, true. or maybe they forget to change the reel. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Fight Club's a great example yeah. of the whole now whole scene. But um, yeah, now everything is pristine. Every single time for the first time it plays till the very last time it plays is no different. So
1: so if I walked into a we'll call it a projector room, yeah. there's it's it's computer or what would I see? It's there's no real projector.
0: Okay. Yeah, so it's still a projector, it still has a lens, light still blows through it, but it's but there's not like box. a
1: there's obviously not a real no, film anymore. No. Okay. Which
0: makes me sad because I used to be the guy, you know, putting the Really threading the film through and everything like that. And so it's you know, now I'm a dinosaur.
1: That's okay. It's kind of the same with radio. We used to do reel-to-reel and know how to edit everything. And now those youngins they're just so lucky with computers.
0: Yeah, no more eight-track
1: carts. (laughs) So what do you think is, um, in addition to just being able to watch movies, Mm -hmm. what is the most fun thing about your job?
0: Oh, man, it's the people I work with. Really? Honestly. I mean how do I put this? It's great. We were talking about this earlier. It's so fun to wake up every morning and actually want to go to work Mm -hmm. because you like the people you work with. We disagree. We bicker like, you know, brothers and sisters, but man, this is like the best group of people to be around it, which really just kind of enhances that. I mean, I I can't argue for all the times, you know, you moan and groan about work or whatever at the end of the day, just like you being in radio, it's really kind of fun to be in, you know, on this side of the movie business, but it, wouldn't be the same if it was you know kind of a combative world but all of us really work together and we really kind of focus on that that one solid goal and um at the end of the day we laugh mm-hmm. all day long which really I mean that that makes That's it important yeah it it's really is yeah
1: um so when you get to go to screenings and you get to see things is it like you said you've seen things sometimes a year before it even comes out
0: yeah yeah there are times where there's a lot of films that they'll be on the festival circuit for a while where you know you have um, the Sundance film festival and Tribeca and things that you know, you've heard of, but some of these films will get bought by a distributor and then they'll wait and they'll decide that, well, we're not going to open this for eight months because we want to be able to properly market it and things like that. So there are times where I've seen films that, um, you know, I've even forgotten about and Mm -hmm. then they come back around and I go, didn't we already do that? No. Oh, okay.
1: Well, you see it sometimes when stars go and sit on Jimmy Kimmel or whatever, Mm -hmm. and, or do even, even Junkins and they, they'll even admit sometimes like, you know, I actually did that two years ago. It's hard for me to remember. What's it about again? Yeah, Or you ask them, you know, stories about the set and I don't
0: remember. (laughs) I, I, I don't know, but I mean, I'm currently on the set and I think it was kind of the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your it.
1: I know there's a lot over the years for you to um because like people ask me all the time, they're like, you know, have you met so and so? And I'll say no. And then I go home and I think, wait a minute. Yes, I did. It was just 20
0: years ago. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but is there something that really stands out, an experience that you got to do? Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's there's one that still to this day, my daughter, my 16-year-old daughter, hi Addison, uh, she's really, really jealous of. I um got invited to uh, the world premiere of a film called I Saw the Light, which starred um, Elizabeth Olsen and um, I just lost his name. I just went dumb. Loki. That's what
1: IMDb. Um, Loki. Oh, what is his name? Oh, great. Okay, we're going to Tom Hiddleston.
0: Tom Hiddleston. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Sorry. But I really
1: do like IMDb. Yes. That's a good app.
0: <laughs> no, it, but it was Elizabeth Olsen and Tom Hiddleston. And so uh, this was in Nashville, and I'm sitting in there having, there was a handful of us in you know our side of the industry that were having dinner the evening before we were going to that and in walks Tom and Lizzie and they were the sweetest, really? nicest people and Avengers age of Ultron had just come and gone. And, um, was I, that I, the
1: Tom, not Tom Hanks. Was that the uh, Hank Williams? Movie? Yes. Okay. That's All exactly
0: right. what it was. But, um, so of course I have to ask merely if anything for my daughter, just to make her jealous, I'm like, um, would it be cool if we got a picture And Lizzie's like, give me your camera. And so she and I took a picture, Tom grabs a picture. And, uh, so I'm sending this to her. So I just got my picture taken with Scarlet witch and Loki and she's losing her mind. That was cool. But the cooler part was after the film that night, we all went to this little country bar and Tom goes up on stage with a band and does like six numbers from he can the He really film. sing. And he sounded fantastic. Wow. And it's just amazing to kind of be looking around and going, I can't believe I get paid to do things like this. It was pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah.
1: Well, we're at that time of year where um, obviously Frozen just came out, um, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. Christmas. It's a big time for movies. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the, you know, I can't even think of all the big ones we're waiting for now. Uh, obviously cats is going to be a big one. Um, what are you think going to be the, the big
0: successful you movies, missed the elephant in the room?
1: I can't even star Wars. Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I think star Wars is kind of unprecedented because it's sort of like the last Harry Potter. Yeah. You know, this is the end,
1: but you know what? We thought return of the Jedi was the mm, end. And then we thought, uh, what was it? Revenge of the Sith. Right, right, right.
0: (laughs) So what J.J. Abrams says. This is the last one. Okay. Until they make the next one. Exactly. Um, and
1: my son. Okay. This is because um, my son's he's so funny. He is a good little producer. Um, oh, sometimes nice. he catch. he's supposed to be at school, by the way. Sometimes he catches when a trailer drops. And, um, you know, I have sources being in the media that give me that kind right. of stuff. But sometimes he catches it before I do. And I'll get a little text and he'll say, new trailer. Watch this. And I always give him credit. I'm like, hey, I just <laughs> got this for my producer. But he thinks it's crazy that cats don't cats and Star Wars come yeah. out the same day.
0: Well, Star Wars comes out a couple of days before. Cats okay. Okay. but it's the same week, Christmas. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And,
1: but I told him I said, you know what though? Those are two different audiences. Yeah. Now, there's people like us that will see all of it, mm-hmm. but I feel like um, there's definitely people that like cats and they like musicals and then there's people who like Star Wars, right. probably Marvel, and they don't they won't see both.
0: Correct. Yeah, and there's and that's kind of the the trick. That's the magic trick, particularly to Christmas because Christmas Day is obviously one of the highest attended days yeah. of the year and it's particularly for our theaters, you know, being able to write show times, individual show times, that help these people make it to their movie without having to stand in huge concession lines mm. and things like that. But you look at Star Wars being vastly different than Cats, Cats being vastly different than um, Adam Sandler's new film, Uncut Gems. They're totally different audiences. Is that
1: a Christmas movie as well? Uh,
0: it does. It starts at Christmas and then okay. kind of rolls out, which mm-hmm. that's another whole thing.
1: So uh, it'll be like in limited release. Yeah, and then okay, exactly. But you exactly. know, I feel like, and not always, but I think Kansas City gets a lot of those limited releases, don't they?
0: Doesn't hurt to have a major exhibitor right here in the backyard, <laughs> but we do. You know, do I in, need to
1: thank you for that? No, I, I can't take credit. <laughs> I mean, that's
0: that's all of us, I guess. But um, no, really, it's the name of the game is we try to play films for absolutely everybody. We try to have something in a theater that would interest everybody mm-hmm. at all times because, you know, there's just so much film, like I keep saying out there that, you know, you can't just play 20 screens of star Wars when you've got, No, I
1: would really like to, right. Right. <laughs>
0: but when you've got really interesting, really solid stories out there and really um, fantastic filmmakers and brand new filmmakers and things like that, that people want to experience. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of the complaint that I get from friends and family is, well, why isn't that film playing here now? And I'm like, well, there's a lot of factors that go into that, but you know, there's a lot of like to your point, the rollouts where they start small and then they'll play, you know, a few more markets at a few more markets. So sometimes it just takes a while to get there. Right. Um,
1: and I'm sure city size has something to do with sure. it. my kiddo is at K state in Manhattan and um, he wanted to see the lighthouse and some other kind of uh, foreign film. I don't know what it was not showing there. And he, right. he, okay. I dropped that kid off at college. He didn't come home one time until he finally wanted to see some movies and then he drove all the way home for that are you kidding me he doesn't care about his family but he wanted to see some movies
0: but he took you to a really good one right
1: yeah okay so he wanted to see the lighthouse i'm all about some willem defoe i'm all about some robert pattinson i get the artistic value beautifully shot um it also might be the fact that I saw it at 10 p.m. When mm-hmm. you get up at 3 in the morning, you can't go to a 10 p.m. Right, movie. Right. I fell asleep. At one point I felt this little poke on my shoulder and that was my son saying wake up. <laughs> so I wasn't I wasn't super crazy about it. Um I'm okay with 90% of the storyline and then it got weird. I didn't like the weird.
0: Right, right. <laughs> uh, Robert Eggers is the same guy that did The Witch from
1: I have not seen ago. that. But I saw some uh, little survey the other day that said uh the top scariest movies of the last 10 years and I think that was number 1 or number 2. It's-
0: I'll say it's subjective. I'll just okay. put it. I'll, so I'm going to say it's that is, is not your favorite. But it's. But, you know, you got to hand it to the guy. Super interesting filmmaker that does some yeah. things that are really, really different. So if anything, you know, there's definitely audiences. Maybe not for us. Right. But definitely audiences out there that really, really dig that. My stuff. son
1: loved it. I think yeah. he saw it three times. It's ridiculous. <laughs>
0: you're, I was going to say your husband probably saw it he three times He actually came too.
1: home two weekends in a row because he came home. And we went and saw it. And then he brought his friends back to go see it again. (laughs) Like, seriously, you don't come home to see me, but you came home for this movie. (laughs) This is what I have to look forward
0: to in a couple of years. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: So um, does your daughter go to a lot of those Fathom events, like when it's a musical?
0: Um, She goes, my gosh, she goes to everything. That's Mm -hmm. the crazy thing. I have a 16 year old daughter who you would think would be, you know, all about the romantic comedies and this, that and the other. And she gets more jazzed for a Marvel flick. Yeah. And... um, she loves the 80s. She loves 80s movies. I mean, when. John Hughes? Back to the Future, John Hughes. You well, know, you're a good parent. You're educated. etc. So et she <laughs> loves those. Yeah. So, you know, she just did Heather's uh, at Olathe East earlier and loved the movie Heather's. So there's a lot of. Um, nostalgia. She's, she's kind of an old soul. I yeah. Think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I can see that in her. Yeah. Have you, has there been a movie though that you remember as being amazing and you just like talk it up to her, then you sit and watch it and she just doesn't like it. Oh, or man. maybe as you're watching it with her, you realize it's kind of dumb.
0: Oh man. Um, you know what?
1: I did. Okay. I'll give you a story. Yeah, maybe you'll please. think of something. Footloose. I stand by it. It's one of my all time favorite movies. I will always love it. I love the soundtrack. Um, but my son was in Footloose at school. He does musicals yeah. too. And when you're, when you're watching it, and you, you know, that like you're showing it to someone, you start realizing this is kind of a dumb premise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I got kind of embarrassed. <laughs> that was maybe that
0: was and I hate to say this because I, I can recognize that part of it, but I still secretly like, love it. And that's real genius with Val Kilmer. I love real genius. Oh, my I gosh. I always love that movie. She watched it and she was like, hey, it was OK.
1: It was weird. I mean, yeah, there's like fun. popcorn. What, whatever. <laughs> I think I'm the same way with revenge of the nerds and some of those movies. They yeah. it's just, you know what? It just reminds us of a time in our life.
0: So then let me ask you the age old question. This is the yeah. hardest question anybody can ask. Okay. What is your favorite movie?
1: I actually, and I will honestly say I do not have one because it is constantly evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you Titanic. I have I actually saw it about 11 times in the theater. In right. fact, I think that's when we worked together a yeah, yeah, year did that the, time. We
0: did the Oklahoma premiere. Yeah, of that.
1: and, and um, I cried like a baby. In fact, I remember at the end of the screening, everybody left and it was me and like a seven year old girl. And we were both just looking at each other like, I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> um, I love the original Scream. I've always loved mm-hmm. Forrest Gump. Um, I actually like... I really love coal miners' daughter. Um, okay. That's a connection my husband and I have. Right. We always look at each other and we're like, I'm so cold, dude. <laughs> <laughs> or what is it? I, I can't, or, uh, some bologna sandwiches. <laughs>
0: well, and, and then you we got, quote the dumbest things. Then you got Titanic, I'll never let go, Jack. Blah, 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 yeah. Blah. Oh, that's, she, too she soon. just let him go. <laughs> She straight. There was room on that door.
1: There was. That is the age old. Did you see the other day? Celine Dion was on Jimmy Fallon, one of those. And he asked her, what do you think about it? And uh, she was so sweet. She's like, well, you know, he might have just been so frozen. He didn't have the energy to pull himself up on that door. You don't know. Maybe she was a little out of her mind and she (laughs) was. She (laughs) didn't put a lot of thought into it. (laughs) Wow. What is your favorite movie?
0: Uh, Easy, easy. Hands down, it's Jaws.
1: Oh, now that is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, I it, That will never get old. I love it. My son, when he was little, he didn't carry around toys. He used mm-hmm. to carry around DVDs. And because I'm a good parent, he saw it when he was really young. Right. But I saw it when I was young too. Um, but that movie, I love it, but yet I fear it the most yeah. because- um, I'm fascinated with sharks and I'm pretty sure that's the way I'm going to die.
0: That is a thousand percent the way I feel. Yes. I, I begged my parents to take me to see it. And it wasn't even in its original release. This is, they had to re-release it. They were, oh. it was back in the seventies and eighties. They re-released stuff TV. every a year or something like that. I
1: saw the cut version, so it wasn't very oh. fun. And I think I saw Jaws 2 before I saw the first maybe, one. Yeah. Maybe,
0: yeah. maybe. Um, but no, I begged my parents to take me to it. I was a little kid and I remember I sat in the seat with my legs crisscross because I just knew that shark was going to come right up out yes. of the cement and eat me. I wouldn't go to the bathroom, which... Cause he come problems. out of the toilet yep. coming right up out of the toilet. <laughs> he's going
1: to come out of the yep. swimming pool drain too.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, no mm-hmm. baths, mm-hmm. only showers and showers. I had to be staring out the drain the whole time.
1: Yeah. Um, and isn't it weird how water, um, there's no difference in when the light's on and when it's not, mm-hmm. but in your mind there is, Oh, oh when it's yeah. dark, he's there. He's yep. right there waiting for you.
0: And still to this day, I will admit to this. If I'm ever like in a pool or anything like that, every now and then, if I get that little twinge, I'll head for the side. Oh yeah. I, I just, I'll have to get out for a second.
1: Um, I actually love the ocean. I was born in California. Mm -hmm. And so I love going to the ocean, being in the ocean. But it's always in the back of my mind. I've learned to push it out. Like, okay, really, the odds are. Although lately, this last summer was a horrible. (laughs) Right.
0: I mean, even they were just evacuating, you know, uh, beaches in Australia for enormous sharks. I'm telling you. It's the megalodon.
1: It's uh, yeah. See, you know what though? I'll tell you what. Um, nowadays things are so digital and CGI'd that it's just not as good. Yeah. And plus, it's not new. When yeah. Jaws came out, you had never seen anything like right. that before. And I also wonder if Jaws had never been made, would we be scared of the water? Were it's, sharks even a on anyone's radar? Question.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that they would, but man, I'll tell you. To this day. Yeah. You're you're right. I'm like that's how I'll die.
1: So. Yeah, seriously. No, it's true. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm, and this is where my movie geekness comes out. I've always loved the whole story about how back in those times, uh, summer was where they put the bad movies right. and, you know, and it kind of started the summer blockbusters yeah. and, you know, that movie wouldn't be the same without the soundtrack. And I love the stories of how the shark actually didn't work. Yeah. Um, but if we had seen more of it, it wouldn't have been, you know, it was the mystery that made yeah, it good.
0: exactly. And you know, it's funny because if you look in God bless Google, Um, you can see like where Jaws was the highest grossing film of all time. And then what overtook it? Star Wars. Yep. And the ad where, um, Spielberg placed an ad with Jaws saying, congratulations to Star Wars. You can still find that ad out there, which I was thinking is fantastic. I'm such a big nerd when it comes to Jaws. I have every version of it that they've released on DVD. How many versions are Uh, there? Six. And, and what's a
1: DVD? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> exactly. But, um, I, I've read all the books and everything like that. How do you
1: read the books? I never yeah. have.
0: Yeah. Um, the Jaws log was probably the best. And it's really just a day to day accounting of how terrible the whole filming was. But it's very, very interesting. Really interesting insight for, you know, filmmakers and stuff like that. When you read some of this stuff to figure out how not to do it.
1: Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, I do not stand by Jaws revenge. Um, but I actually like Jaws three Oh, so did in I in 3d. You know why? Cause it used to be on HBO all the time, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. Cause you're watching it without 3d glasses right. and that just looks horrible. Dennis Quaid is in it, yep. but, um, and Leah Thompson and
0: Lewis Gossett
1: jr. Yes. Yes. Iron Eagle. Yep. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think it, again, it's a horrible movie, but it's nostalgic to yeah. me yeah. because, and also SeaWorld because I was in California and I grew up there, but, um, yeah, I, it's horrible, but I just, I've always enjoyed it. Yeah. And I recently made my son watch it and the whole time, mom, this is horrible. This movie's
0: horrible. <laughs> well, the way, so I found my daughter one Fourth of July watching Jaws three on mm-hmm. TV, and I'm like, "Oh, that one's not scary." And she's like, "No, this one isn't scary at all." And I'm like, "If you want to watch something scary, hang on. Let Dad go get his DVD." We pulled it out, watched it. In she didn't freak out nearly you as mean much. Mean the original? As I did. Yeah, the okay. original. okay
1: Had she hadn't seen it at that no, point? No, she
0: hadn't. So oh. she started with three, which you know, in a way, I scratched my head. Why am I a terrible parent for not you know starting with her? right one but yeah um and then she watched it and she's like yeah it was okay no and i'm like come on man and then the only other horror film she's ever seen well that's really a thriller so we watch it she decides she really wants to watch it
1: mm-hmm.
0: never watched a horror film before in her life so i'm like okay all right and that's my wife's telling me all right you're gonna have to deal with nightmares and uh we sit down we watch it and she laughs through the movie
1: Now, are we talking the new version or did you show
0: her the old TV version? Okay. (laughs) I wasn't sure of the timeline.
1: (laughs) She laughs. (sighs) That's horrible. Yeah. How could you not be frightened? You know what? Again, though, because there are so many scary clowns now, it's oversaturated. Yeah, it
0: really is. We, for um, Halloween that year, we have a drainage right in front of our house. And so we went out and we got uh, one red balloon and just tied it there and people are coming up and taking pictures in front of that house and all kinds of stuff.
1: That would be my absolute nightmare. Even though I know it's not real. I would think, Oh, I don't know. Cause we have one of those by our house too, but it's fun. (laughs) And you never walk too close to it. Do you? No, you do (laughs) not. (laughs) What would you say is your um, favorite scary movie or is there one that truly scared you?
0: Um, truly scared me was jaws obviously yeah Um, but But see i
1: don't think that one gets lumped into
0: even though it is a horror movie
1: i don't think it gets lumped into that category um
0: so past that i would say the only only other one that i'll pick out and it was because there was probably more lore around it before we saw it was the original nightmare on elm street right i agree because nobody none of my friends ever saw it in the movie theater or anything like Mm -hmm. that so when it came out on videotape yes i said videotape. when it came out on videotape and one of my friends, mom's rented it for his birthday, not knowing what it was. And we yeah. were 12, maybe 13. Oh, it was terrifying.
1: yeah Well, it was original again. It yeah. was never anything like it. And I, I remember um, we used to be able to go to, we'd go to Blockbuster on Friday night and, it wasn't like they checked your ID or anything. You hmm. could just rent anything. And a lot of those movies in the eighties, they were all rated R and they were all yep. scary and lots of nudity, but mm-hmm. nobody cared.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just rented them. <laughs> well, the eighties were a great time.
1: They were good. <laughs> you know, what's funny is the, uh, what is it? Uh, the killer clowns from outer space. Yeah, Worst movie in the world. Yep. So cheesy. Um, but we went to universal studios um, Halloween, I think last year and that, you know, they, they really do it up right with the right, haunted houses right, and stuff. Right. And they get into all the characters those characters were running around. And even though I'd always laughed at the movie, uh, when they're right up in your face, it's creepy. There's no. something creepy about them. I can see I'll why bet. it's kind of
0: a cult favorite. I'll bet. You know, in the other one, <clears throat> which I don't think would probably have the same effect as Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I mean, if they put that in. You,
1: you know, I've never watched that. <clears throat> really? I know exactly what it is, but I've never had an opportunity to see it. Yeah,
0: George Clooney was in one of those, wasn't he? I think he was in the second one. Yeah. I think don't don't quote me on that but yeah what a terrible terrible greatly terrible movie yeah. some of those some of those are so bad but you you got to kind of love them for the fact that you recognize that they were trying yeah you know and they,
1: i think it's also fun to go back and look at big stars and how they all started out i think just the other day we uh i was going through like our recorded stuff mm-hmm. on our um, hulu and i'm assuming it was my husband recorded the uh chainsaw massacre that has matthew mcconaughey right. and renée zellweger right, right
0: right 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 <laughs> but then you know you think like Corey Feldman was in Friday the 13th. Uh,
1: Kevin Bacon was in the original. Kevin Bacon was in the
0: original. I mean, how many people got their start in a horror Mm -hmm. film like that? It's pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, it is crazy. Wow. Did we talk about all of the big ones that we're looking forward to? We mentioned Star Wars, Cats. What is the Adam Sandler one?
0: Uh, It's called Uncut Gems. um, And it's just a, gosh, I don't even know how to put it. It's just a, a whirlwind. It starts at a hundred miles an hour and just never lets up. And And it's this is, a drama? It's a drama. Okay. Essentially I'll give you a really basic. He is a um diamond dealer, a gem dealer or whatever, but he ends up making a deal uh with a basketball player and then trying to utilize that to make another deal and he's got people chasing him that he's gotta pay off, but you know, he's still trying to get to the next big score. And it's got Adam Sandler, it's got Adina Menzel. Ooh. Yeah, it's got and she's nothing like uh, her character in Frozen. Right. Um, but it's got a ton of character actors that you would recognize and maybe a couple of uh, professional ba- basketball players that you would remember yeah. I wouldn't well. even know them.
1: Oh, that I would remember. Okay. Oh, yeah. I was gonna and, say if they're current, I don't know them. And it's It all revolves
0: around that, but it's such a, a breakneck pace. And, um, I still feel like there may be, uh, some awards coming out of Sandler's way for this one.
1: Um, I'm trying to look here on my, my apps at all of the movies that are coming out soon. Uh, sometimes if you hit coming soon, it could be within the next three years. That doesn't right, help me. Right. Um, let's see let's what see. else we
0: got here. Bombshell. Charlize Theron. Um, Oh, is Margaret that the one Robey. that's about the, um, yeah, about, is it the,
1: sexual harassment yeah, or okay yeah, I did not looks, even recognize her in that trailer. I
0: know. She looks so she yeah. looks exactly like um what's her name? Megan Kelly. Yeah, yeah. She looks exactly like her. Um
1: what it's not already out, is it? Um, Knives Out? Is that Knives next Out week? comes out or this week? Yeah, it would be this on week. Wednesday. Um, that it reminds me of Clue.
0: So I'll cheat and tell you I've seen it. Okay. It's a lot of fun. Okay, good. Um, I was hoping you were going to tell me it was was bad. Very similar to Clue, like an old Agatha Christie kind of murder mystery, but it's a lot of fun. Everybody in the movie um, are fantastic actors and actresses. You don't really you know, know the who done it until uh-huh. the end. It's it's a blast.
1: I love those kinds of movies. Yeah. Those are the best. Um, let's see. What else is coming um, Jumanji, out?
0: Jumanji. Second Jumanji.
1: <gasps> That's right. That is that a Christmas movie?
0: Uh that one's gonna be what, the thirteenth of December.
1: Okay. All right.
0: And uh the fun thing about that is you know, if you've seen the first one, you know that they all play like older versions of each other, but they're different. Well, now this time they go back into the game and they're different characters once again. Right. Which makes it really kind of a nice little twist and a different way of doing it.
1: Well, and a challenge, I think, for the actors, because they kind of had to change up yeah. the way they talk and act a little bit.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. There's um. I'm trying What's going to think- gonna be
1: your next Marvel movie? Do we have any that it, like next year in 2020? Um now that Avengers is over, I'm kind of sad.
0: Well, aren't we all? Yes. But uh, you know, still every day on the internet, I read stuff about Endgame. There's still you know more new, and more information stuff. coming out about Endgame. So that was the first crazy. thing I
1: watched on my Disney Plus app. Was it? <laughs> first thing I watched
0: was The World According to Jeff Goldblum, which is fantastic.
1: Uh, yes, I have. I've actually talked about that on this show, yeah. um, and I think it was because I saw your wife post about it on social media. <laughs>
0: so we just we laugh and laugh and laugh at that.
1: He, you know what's hard though is that I, um, I had a bunch of audio and he did interviews and things for it. Um, you cannot edit that man down. I just wanted a quick little hey, you know what's the show about? And oh, it was a twenty minute answer.
0: Oh gosh, <laughs> it doesn't surprise me though. Yeah, I mean, mean that's fate. not a bad thing. Yeah, you know,
1: but it's fun. Um, that is another one. When is the new Jurassic World going to come out? Because don't we have? Um, and I mean it could be several years from now, but isn't yeah. Laura Dern and um, they're all the originals yeah, are coming so, back?
0: Yeah, it's they for what we hear. Sam, Sam Neill yes. and Jeff Goldblum and Laura Dern are coming back, but. I don't know if there's a date set for that one yet. Yeah. Um but man, what a great kind of melding of our generation where we we were the first ones to see, you know, the first Jurassic Park mm-hmm. and now, you know, our kids, well, almost not our kids. It's, yeah. you know, almost our kids' kids at this point. But what a great kind of melding of those two um generations.
1: Did you see the new Terminator? I have not had a chance to see it yet. I did.
0: Um it was fine, I uh-huh. guess. Um, and I this think it was really personal, but they
1: shouldn't have had all those other ones in the middle because yeah, this one's supposed to pick up after Terminator 2, right? Yeah. And it's so kinda, we're kind of
0: ignoring all those other ones. Right. It's kind of hard to forget, like Rise of the Machines <laughs> yeah. and Genesis and all that, to your point. Maybe that's what made it a little tough. I think for people. so. Yeah. You know, and people still say that there's a lot of sequel fatigue. Yeah. As well. Oh, definitely. Maybe that was a little bit of it. Yeah.
1: The only thing I was excited about, and I just haven't had time to see it, is the fact that it's the first time James Cameron and Linda Hamilton and Schwarzenegger have all worked on the project together. Because they weren't all, you know, he was in... Schwarzenegger was in some of those other ones, but James Cameron wasn't part of them yeah. and Linda Hamilton, you know, right. so
0: well, and they're, they're exes. Steve's, yeah, I know. And, yeah. I know. Yeah. So that could have something to do with that.
1: Yeah, that is true. I guess if enough time passes, then you can work with right. anybody.
0: <laughs> you know, the other one that I'm kind of personally excited about is, um, fantasy Island. What? Have you seen the trailer for Fantasy Island? No, I have not. So Fantasy Island. I used then...
1: to love that show, by the way. My Saturday nights consisted yeah. of The Love Boat and Fantasy right. Island. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly.
0: Well, so it comes out um, Valentine's Day weekend. But here's the spin. It's not, you know, the happy, happy everybody comes and, you know, they they leave with whatever their hearts desire. Or whatever. Right. It's a little more of a horror film.
1: You know, not every episode was happy. I True. can remember some of them yep. were scary because I was only in elementary school and they were a little bit frightening sometimes. Yeah,
0: but this one—it's horror chance, all the way? Watch the trailer and it's very ominous. Okay, when they say the plane, uh huh, you can tell <gasps> it means something totally different. Oh so, no! Yeah, it's it'll be good. That you know, Birds of Prey comes out in February as well. Um, you know, the new DC with Margot Robbie
1: uh-huh. and
0: I keep calling her Robbie. It's Robbie. Robbie. I, <laughs> I wasn't going to correct why you. do <laughs> I do that every single time. I'm sorry, Margot.
1: Okay. Now, um, speaking of that, do you think Joaquin Phoenix is going to be nominated for an Oscar for Joker? Absolutely. Now, does that version of Joker, that has nothing to do with Birds of Prey, does it? No. Or like down the line, it's not going, if Joker comes back up in her story, it's not going to be Joaquin Phoenix, is it? Well, I mean. Are they made by all I, the same people? I well, mean, other a, than the fact that it's
0: D.C.? Yeah, they're all D.C., so... But that's the
1: only time, You never right? know
0: what, what could happen, but um, they've been really vocal about the fact of, you know, in this universe of the Joker, the uh-huh. movie, um, it's pretty singular. Um, you know, they do, well, I'm not going to say the ending, but there is a little bit of callback to other stories right. in that whole universe or whatever, but it's really meant to be singular with Joaquin Phoenix. It sounds like they're working on a, a sequel at this point. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I've read a little bit of Scuttlebutt in the Trade that they're talking sequel. Um, but yeah, his performance is so magnetic yes. and disturbing all at the same time that I think that you, the Academy really has to kind of look at that and at least you know acknowledge that in my opinion.
1: And I feel like they're kind of honoring his entire body of work because he has mm-hmm. done some pretty fabulous... He's had some really good performances in maybe movies that were underrated. I mean, look back to Gladiator. He was so good in that. Right. I mean, who can top him in uh, Space Camp?
0: <laughs> Parenthood.
1: <laughs> he was good in that too, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. We were talking the other day, though, my husband and I, about when he went by Leaf Phoenix yes. and he was in Space Camp at, what was it, Max?
0: Oh my Where, God, um, my wife loves, still to this day, loves Space but Camp. But that's
1: such a good movie. I mean, I know it's cheesy, but mm-hmm. it holds up. Um, the premise is not completely unheard of. Right. You know, um, uh, it it's, I'm trying to get my kid to watch it. He's not listening to me. <laughs> you
0: no, know, so that film for me is Lost Boys,
1: and that's you know I saw that the other day on some kind of streaming service, yeah. and it was it's so good. I used to love the two Corys so I know. Dream much. A little dream, I love Dream to drive, and see Dream and a Little Dream. It flipped it because it was always Corey Haim right. that was the big star, and Corey Feldman was the sidekick. And then Dream a Little Dream flipped it, and yep. it had the most amazing soundtrack.
0: Exactly, I exactly. love that.
1: Yeah. Wow. Gosh, I feel like we could do this all day. I know, I know. <laughs> And,
0: and I, I'm sorry if all we've done is nerd out the entire time. You know,
1: I actually don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Um, there is one thing I want to talk about if it's okay. Sure. Um, and um, you know, uh, you um, there's something really cool that AMC has done and then other theaters have picked up on it. Um, but you, what is it? The, the sensory
0: sensory friendly films. Yes.
1: I think that is such an amazing thing. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people know about it. So can we just talk about yeah, that real fast? Yeah, okay. No,
0: I'd love to. Um, it's near and dear to my heart right. for uh, you know a thousand reasons. But yeah, so, you know, in a nutshell, sensory friendly films is really meant for originally it was meant for people on the autism spectrum, but it's really kind of grown to um, people with all kinds of, of uh, special needs. Um, and all we are doing really is uh, altering the in theater environment. So it's a little more friendly to those that that might be, um, you know, set off by sound and lights and that sort of thing to where we bring the lights up at trailer level and we keep them there for the entire film. We bring the sound down to a much more manageable level than, you know, what you're used to getting blown out of your seats by. And then we just tell people be you, you know, if you need to get up, if you need to shout, sing, walk up to the screen, move around, do whatever you want to do. Nobody's going to come and tell you, sit down, be quiet or anything like that. It's really just meant to be as inclusive. So, you know, guess that, you know, as a parent of a child with special needs, you know, we, I, I always looked at it as, I want to take my kid to a movie. I want him to experience these things that I love, but he wouldn't want to sit in a seat. Right. And this was something that allowed him to go as well as hundreds of thousands of other kids. And then as it started to kind of grow, we realized, well, you know, it's, you know, these, these kids are growing into adults. Mm -hmm. And how do we do that? So originally it was just on um, every second and fourth Saturday morning, we played a family film. Um, something that was out now where you know the kids can go back to school that money and talk with their friends about Mm -hmm. it you know let's say it's frozen right you know they want to be in that conversation so that gave them the ability to do it but then as we realized you know these kids are growing up and they want to see more than just you know frozen or whatever that is um, we added a tuesday night which uh, is on the second and fourth tuesday of the month and it's for adults and we play r-rated films Mm -hmm. we play pg-13 we play horror we play comedy we play romantic we don't pander to anybody we play just like we would, but we select a film that we feel like kind of most people would be interested in. And that's what we play seven o'clock all over the country. And, um, it's just been fantastic to see. We, we started this in August of 2008. If you can believe it, it's been 11 years. And back then we were kind of pioneers. Yeah, There was some people doing it over in the UK Um, But not, you know, with any regularity. And so we kind of started and it slowly grew and grew and grew. And then maybe the most fantastic thing is seeing how that has jumped off to other things where now you're seeing restaurants that have sensory friendly restaurant nights and museums and Broadway musicals that have a sensory friendly showing and things like that. So it's really kind of grown. I can't say that. It was necessarily AMC us that pioneered the whole thing, but, um, I'd like to think that we helped.
1: Yeah. So how do we find, like, if someone's interested, then where are those movies listed? Yeah. Like if you go to buy tickets online, does it say that it's a sensory friendly yeah. film so or how do you find it?
0: There's a couple of different ways. So if you go to our website, um, amctheaters.com backslash S F F standing for sensory friendly films, we put up the months, um, uh, calendar right there so we don't do anything well in advance because if you see a film that you want to see we want you to be able to click on it and buy a ticket right then Mm -hmm. so tickets are available when you see those films on there we change them every month so you got four films a month some of the popular ones play multiple times Um, You know, frozen will play on a Tuesday and a Saturday Mm because a lot of people want to see it Um, and so you can always go there also as you're just you know on our website looking through listings you'll see a little tab there that next to the showtime that says sensory friendly film
1: okay I probably have seen the tab and just didn't yeah. know because it's just the initials.
0: No, it'll say, it, it does say yeah, okay. it'll say sensory friendly films. And if you put your mouse over it and hover over it, it'll actually pop up and tell you lights are turned down. Your lights are turned up. Sounds turned down. Feel free to get up, walk, shout, dance, sing, um, that sort of thing. But it's really, it's, perfect. And we found out that it wasn't just for people with special needs either. People bring their toddlers because, you know, there's no
1: other way they'd see a movie. Yeah. They're not ready Uh, for that. I'm pretty sure I've developed restless leg syndrome. I'm (laughs) having a hard time sitting through movies now. So, you know, I might just need to stretch, (laughs) but I've also heard
0: from, from, um, some senior citizens that they prefer to go there. That's a good point. They don't mind people getting up and moving around, but Mm -hmm. they like the fact that they're not, you know, being assaulted by sound or you Mm -hmm. know whatever. So it's really kind of grown to be its own separate environment for people that are just looking for the environment versus, um, you know, have a special need necessarily. So it's really kind of cool the way it naturally evolved. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I've always, you know, like you said, maybe you didn't, you weren't the first person to come up with it, but I do feel like you guys were pioneers and you had a lot to do with that. And so I've just always been very proud of you for that. And so I wanted to give you a little pat on the back. Well, thank you. (laughs) I, I,
0: I appreciate that. And it's just really neat. You know, here's, here's, philosophical thing. And that is, you know, if I do one good thing in this world that is able to affect other people, then hopefully that's my one good thing.
1: Well, I feel like that's probably a good note to end on. Yeah. So this has been so much fun. Well, thank you, um, again, right. I feel really like we could talk it. for hours and hours and sometime yeah. we're going to have to do this with Billy yes. and then people would just turn it off because we'll just be mumbling. Oh, and <laughs> at that point,
0: all the dirt comes out. So for well, all your so, listeners, stand by for yeah, that one. Yeah,
1: there you go. Well, <laughs> Scott, thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time and thanks for giving me a tour and showing me around.
0: Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Oh. Bye. Bye.